Hey, it's you, man, from KC95 here. Good evening, and welcome to Toasted Tavern. Your host, Scott Tobin, and the man called Wags are ready to bring you the night in sports. So pull up a stool, grab a drink, and let's get toasted. And good morning to all those in the tavern early on today. It is Saturday morning. We're getting you prepped and ready to go for the day in college football. I am Michael Wags, Wagon Connect, joined alongside by Scott Tobin. And Scott, we were talking about this before we went on air. An absolutely beautiful day outside, perfect college football weather. And not only that, we're going to have Cardinals and Blues action later on. Amazing day as far as sports are concerned here, at least in the state of Missouri. Uh, and then you got KC and the, the Chiefs going tomorrow. Uh, but it's it's going to be a fun day in college football. Yeah, it should be. It should be. Like you said, good weather. Fall, little Christmas in the air. Unfortunately, it's going to get warm as we move into next week and kind of go back to summer. But yeah, today, beautiful day, and hopefully we see some good football. Yeah, we've got a lot of really, really good matchups today. This is another week where, yeah, there's a bunch of cupcake games, games that most of these top 25 teams should win, but we do have a couple of top 25 matchups. We've got a big Pac-12 matchup as well going down today and a couple of other interesting games, and we're going to get to those as we get near the end of the show, but we have to talk about the local teams first. Uh, we've got to start off with Mizzou. They have an early game on the East Coast against Boston College coming up here at 11 o'clock Central Standard Time. Mizzou 2-1, and one, Boston College 3-0, and oh, and it's a big matchup between the ACC and the SEC. I mean, you, you get some of these games uh, throughout the season, but Boston College hasn't hosted an SEC team in a very long time. So to have a team like Mizzou come up there and play against them today, uh, it, it, both teams are getting hyped for this one. Yeah, it was an interesting week. I don't know if you caught Coach Drinkwitz's uh, comments this week, but he's not really excited about going to Boston College. Pretty much said he didn't know why they were playing that game, wished wished it was a regional game, and yep. couldn't remember the last time that they recruited somebody in the Northeast, which maybe aren't the best comments to put out there because that's clickbait bulletin board material that might end up biting you. Boston College has probably talked about that all week. You know, Drinkwitz doesn't think they should be playing up here, that he'd rather play somebody else. Well, we'll show him. So, yeah, not real happy with the way Coach Drink handled that. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. It, it should be a good game. I think last time I checked, Mizzou was favored by, like, two, which really surprised me, quite honestly. Yeah, they're, they're, I think the line right now is one. So it's it's kind of been shifting a little bit as, the, as we've gotten closer to uh, game time. And it is going to be an interesting game because Boston College is a team that – it runs the ball very well. Last week, 190 yards on just 33 carries, so they, they average a pretty good rushing attack. And as we know, Mizzou's run defense isn't all that great. I was actually looking at, at the statistics. They're an SEC worst as far as rushing defense is concerned, allowing 267.33 yards per game. That's 70 more yards than the next closest team at the bottom, which is Vandy. That's bad. Yeah, when you said not great, I was going to say, boy, you're really giving some compliments because that, that's that's the nice way to describe it. And the thing is, I'm not sure how much better it's going to get this year. You know, a lot of people want to complain about the new defensive coordinator or the scheme or whatever. I don't really think it's that. I just don't think you've got really good talent at linebacker this year to stop the run. You know, you've got some kids coming in in the next couple of years, but you just don't have the strongest run defense linebacking core right now. So, the run game, the run defense may be rough this year for Mizzou. Yeah, and the passing defense is, is pretty good. You know, 12 sacks, four picks this year. They, they do what they need to do when it comes to the passing defense. It's still a little suspect. It's still not great because if you don't have those linebackers that are able to kind of saw, uh, protect that 
soft area in the middle there, you're going to have a lot of check downs and a lot of short passes. That's what we've seen uh, in these Mizzou games where, you know, the deep ball covered, the short, short passes are covered, but it's everything kind of in between in that area where the linebackers obviously play that it's where these teams are making their hay. So the defense hasn't been great, but it's doing enough to get this team a couple of victories. Yeah. And you know, who knows, maybe they step up today. We'll see it. it you know, it's definitely an area that they need to improve on, you know, and if you can get some, if you can get some penetration from that defensive line, disrupt some of those running plays in the backfield, that would make a big difference as well. And then Mizzou's offense has got to show more too. You know, Tyler Beatty can't be your whole offense. Your wide receivers have to start stepping up and making some plays down the field, which we really haven't seen them do very much to this point. Yeah. Beatty 345 yards on the ground, 142 yards in the air, six touchdowns combined between those two uh, abilities as far as rushing and passing are concerned. And then, yeah, you look at the wide receiver core, you know, Chance Looper, Deontay Smith, Kiki Chisholm, they all have over 100 yards receiving. They all have a touchdown. But when you've got a guy that you're running back and he is head and shoulders above you, not just rushing, but also in the passing game, that, that's saying that you don't have a, a, a very dimensional offense. You've got one guy doing everything. And a couple of guys pitching in here and there, but when really you have to have multiple guys doing this in order to really make the defense, you know, have to question who they're going to stick. Yeah. And, you know, it comes down to you've got a young receiving core. You know, Chisholm needs to step up a little bit, and, you know, and then the transfer from Ohio State, Mookie Cooper. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago. You know, he's still trying to figure out this offense and really figure out where he fits in. At some point, he's going to be a really dynamic weapon for this team. But, you know, it's just going to take a little while. But you've got to start being able to throw the ball downfield a little bit, at least show that show that threat and uh, try to stretch the field a little bit. So we'll see what happens today. And Connor Basilak, 346 yards, three touchdowns last week. And that was against SEMO. So, you know, that's a, that's a pad your numbers kind of game. But still a 67% completion percentage this year for just under 900 yards, nine touchdowns, one interception. So he's doing what he needs to do to protect the ball and spread it around a little bit. Now, granted, a lot of those passes are probably short yards to Beatty and just let him run. But he is doing what he needs to do as far as getting the ball into the hands of the guys that are open without forcing things. And, and seeing that development from him, after last year, that, that's some positives you can take away for him. Yeah, and he needs to develop because Missouri's got a deep uh, recruiting class of quarterbacks coming in. You've got two or three in the next couple of years that are highly, highly recruited. So he's going to feel a little bit of pressure as you move forward. So you need to see him take those steps in his maturity and and progress and with this offense. And so he's done a good job of that so far, like you said. So we'll hope that continues. And looking at the defensive side of things, once again, uh, for Boston College, Dennis Grossel is getting his second career start. He started last week, just 5 of 13, 33, 34 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. So, once again, we talk about how they're going to apply lean on the running game. And I don't want to sit there and say you can almost you know, bank on the fact that they're going to run the ball. If you can do that, can that help the defense be better at rushing defense if you kind of know for the most part that that's what they're going to go and do a little bit, but you still have to have the guys that can stop it. I mean, you can know what's coming all day long, but you have to have the, you have to have the athletes, the ability to be able to stop it. And uh, hopefully Mizzou can do that. You know, you might have to put 10 or 11 guys in the box, you know, bring those safeties up, try to try to help the linebackers a little bit. Then of course you open yourself up for play action and shots deep downfield. So we'll see, but it, it will definitely be interesting. 
<laughs> Quick question uh, from one of our listeners. Who's the team on the right side next to Mizzou? Uh, that would be the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, if you don't know why they are a part of our grouping of logos, uh, you'll have to go back and watch uh, Tom Franklin's Toasted St. Louis uh, press conference of the fact that Arizona, the Arizona Cardinals have basically become his adopted team. They adopted it in, him into their team, and we are along for the ride as well because – you know what? It, it's a former St. Louis squad. Uh, Michael Bidwell has shown that uh, he still cares about St. Louis, and they're actually one of the two teams that voted against the Rams leaving St. Louis. So uh, we, we throw them a little bit of love as well. We're still Chiefs fans here as well. Uh, some of us are Chiefs fans. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, so we definitely have to represent locally. But we threw we threw the Arizona Cardinals in there because they did a, a really nice gesture of reaching out to one of our co-hosts. And, and really showering with gifts to, to bring him in as a fan. Yep, absolutely. And like you said, there are those deep ties to St. Louis still with the Cardinals. That is very true. So back to the Mizzou-Boston College game. We know what we're looking at. We're looking at a game that's going to be rush-heavy for BC, see if Mizzou's defense can actually hold up. What's the offense going to do? Are they going to have a couple guys step up? So looking at it, what is your your take on this game as far as who's going to win? Do you think Mizzou has a chance of going on the road and playing an early East Coast game and coming away with a victory? I think they do, but they've got to play a really good game. You know, you have to see that run defense at least make some strides in the right direction. Like I said, that offense just has to keep improving. You know, your wide receivers need to step up a little bit, make some plays downfield. I think it's going to be a close game. I think Mizzou can probably win it, but I think it's probably going to be a field goal game either way. I could see that being a case as well. And thankfully, Mizzou has a, a, a decent kicker, so that, that'll that help. And that's going to be big because if they can go in this uh, and win this game and move to 3-1 and one before they take on Tennessee next week at home, uh, that'll give them that'll get them really rolling and, and going in the most positive direction they possibly can because Tennessee – is sitting at two and one as well. And they've got a, uh, a game today. They matching up at Florida, number 11, Florida today. So uh, depending on how they play, they, they're either going to be on a high from knocking off Florida, or they're going to be coming in next week, questioning what they're doing as far as offenses and defense is concerned. So Mizzou's going to have to really play well today to really set themselves up for next week, because you cannot go. zero and two in conference play, before you even get to the heavy hitters, because you've got Texas A&M coming up, you've got Georgia coming up, and you've got Florida coming up later this year. So you got to take advantage and, and win some of these conference games when you can. Yeah, and don't forget about Arkansas. Arkansas is a program that's on the rise as well. Yeah, they are. We'll talk about them and, and Texas A&M coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, let's jump over real quick, talk a little bit about Illinois. Uh, I know that they don't get the love that they – properly deserve even though they haven't been playing all that well I mean they're sitting at one and three right now but they are traveling to Purdue today uh they do get uh, Brandon Peters back again he came back last week after a uh, throwing arm injury in week one uh they're going up against a Purdue team that's two and one and having some questions of their own at quarterback Jack Plummer played well last week 25 36 187 yards in a touchdown but he was sacked twice and pulled in the game against Notre Dame last week I don't know how much you can read into that because it is Notre Dame and they are playing very well this year. But Purdue question marks at quarterback, Illinois, not necessarily question marks at quarterback as to who's playing, but is he going to be able to play at a high level like we saw last year uh, and, and be able to lead Illinois to a, a win today? Yeah, this is going to be an interesting game. Um, 
Yeah, I've gone back and forth as to who I think is going to win this. This is a game that Illinois needs to win. You really don't want to be one and four in Bielma's first year. Purdue's tough, especially at home. So I think I think I'm going to go with Illinois in the upset. I think again it's going to be a really close game, but I think maybe the Illini pull this one out. I can see this being like a 27-24 type game. Well, the, the thing for Purdue is you're looking at uh, all-conference receiver David Bell was carted off last week. He is a game-time decision today, been in concussion protocol all week. Not only that, they're missing their number two receiver, Marshawn Rice, and their top running back in Xander Horvath. So their offense is a little bit beat up as well, and this is probably a prime opportunity for Illinois to get back on the winning side of things by going up against, a, like you said, a tough Purdue team, but one that's dealing with injuries, they might be able to take advantage of that. You would hope so, although the last few years, games like that, that you thought the Illini were going to find a way to win, they ended up finding a way to lose and lose big. So you just never know, but hopefully Bielma gets this team rallied and they can go up there and win. And if they are going to win, they're going to have to lean probably a little bit more on Josh McCray. Uh, eight carries, 60 yards, and a touchdown last week. Now, I was reading through the, uh, the, the recap from last week. Apparently, he went to the hospital in the middle of the game for some unknown reason. He did end up traveling back home a few hours later, but that's an interesting take as well. Maybe dehydration, possibly a guy that maybe isn't totally used to the, the conditions that he's playing. And this is Bielema's you know, first real recruit that he brought into Illinois. So to see him doing well is good. You just hope that he stays healthy and can produce here on out. Right. Like you said, hopefully it was just a hydration problem or something along those lines. And it is the Big Ten opener for both teams. They are playing for the Cannon Trophy. Uh, 45, 45, and 6 is this series record. So whoever wins today will take that all-time lead. The uh, away team has won seven, the last seven games. So Illinois does have an opportunity and a chance to win this game today and, and take control of this series rivalry. All right, let's talk about the top 25 now because, like I said, there are a lot of really good games today. Uh Coming up here in the early slate, you've got number 12, Notre Dame, and number 18, Wisconsin, playing up in Chicago at Soldier Field. This is going to be an intense game because you got Jack Cohn, who's played at Wisconsin and is now the quarterback for Notre Dame, so you get a little bit of that coming back. Notre Dame is still trying to pad their resume, build their records uh, to to make an impact on the college football playoff. And I was just looking at it, I know this is going to be a weird year. We've talked about this before where it seems like the top 25, the top 10 is really going to shuffle around a lot this year. Would a loss today to Wisconsin effectively end Notre Dame's chances at the college football playoff, or is it kind of dependent on how badly they lose? It would be how badly, how badly they lose. And then, you know, again, we would just have to wait and see how the rest of the season plays out, but it would definitely hurt it. It would definitely be a big check mark against them getting in. It's going to be an interesting game. Wisconsin's not played particularly great so far this season. They've been kind of up and down. In Chicago, Notre Dame's probably going to, although it's not that far away, it's kind of really in the middle of between those two teams. But Illinois will, pro- or I'm sorry, Notre Dame will probably have a little bit of a home field advantage, even though it is a neutral side game. I think Notre Dame pulls this one out. I think they do. I think Wisconsin's offense is going to have trouble scoring against Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame wins. It might not be a real high-scoring game, but I think Notre Dame pulls this one out. Yeah, I'm one of those people that I'm not a huge Notre Dame fan as far as the football team is concerned, but I I do have to sit there and say, yeah, I think they have a pretty good team this year. They're a team that probably does deserve to be in the college football playoff talks because their defense has improved. They've got a solid quarterback now that's you know can make some make some plays. Um, I, I think Notre Dame does have a, a real good chance this year, and yeah, I think they probably end up 
uh, win in this game as well. Wisconsin has had some moments this year, but they haven't really been able to put it all together just yet. And I think that's well, really what's going to hurt them at the end. It's really kind of Wisconsin's play. I mean, they, they always, they've had good teams. I mean, you can go back to when Russell Wilson was there where they've had good teams and they've been in the conversation, but when it came, push came to shove, in big games, they kind of folded a little bit. And I think you're going to see that sort of same thing happen today against Notre Dame. Yeah, it's always been a question of their offense. I mean, even when Russell Wilson was there, their offense wasn't extremely explosive. You know, they've always been a good running team, a good defensive team. But when it came down to really having to score a bunch of points to win a game, that's where they struggle. That they do. And now the other big game today, we talked a little bit about Arkansas earlier, that game that's going to be – against Mizzou here at the end of the year. They are playing Texas A&M number seven at AT&T Field in Arlington. Uh, this, uh, this is a game that could go a lot of different ways because the defenses of both sides are very, very good. I mean, A&M right now is averaging 5.7 points against this year. I mean, not even a touchdown per game this year. And, and the Arkansas defense is not too shabby either. Barry Odom has really got them hyped up and ready to go. They're going up against another young quarterback, so they're sitting here ready to go and, and prove that they can take down anybody. Uh, what are you expecting out of this matchup? This is another one of those games that you're like, man, like you said, could go either way. I could see this game being a really defensive game, you know, and being a 16-13 type game. But then both of these teams' offenses do have the ability to explode. We've seen them both score points a couple of times this year. So I could also see it being a blowout one way or another. Um, so, you know, you really kind of can flip a coin and say, man, I'm just not sure which way this game goes. I am going to go with a little bit of an upset, though. I think Arkansas finds a way to beat, pull this out and beat A&M. That's a, that's a pretty bold prediction. I, I can't fault you for that. And like you said, with it being such a close game, Arkansas definitely has a chance. And, you know, we, we've talked in, in years past about, you know, how Arkansas has kind of been, I wouldn't say a doormat in the SEC, but they've been a team that for the most part, you get them on the schedule and you go, Oh, okay. That's a game that we were probably going to win. Not so this year. And and you look at, you look at what Odom has done there. We saw what he had here at Mizzou as the head coach. You know, the, the defense was really good. The offense kind of struggled a little bit. Uh, is he destined to be one of those great defensive coordinators for the rest of his career? Or does he get another shot at being a head coach somewhere? Uh, if he does well for the next couple of years, he'll get another shot at being a head coach, I would imagine. Um, you know, if you can get Arkansas back and get them back into national prominence, and you got to remember, there was a time when Arkansas was one of the great powerhouses back in the Southwest Conference days. Um, you know, if he can get that defense back to those kind of standards, then yeah, he's going to get another shot at a head coach at some point. Yeah, we'd like to see that as well. Big Barry Odom fans here. Uh, some other big games today. You got Clemson, number nine, at NC State. Uh, you've got uh, number 14, Iowa State at Baylor. Two pretty big games right there uh, against unranked opponents. Uh, do you see either one of those teams being able, as far as NC State or Baylor, being able to push Clemson or Iowa State to the brink? That Baylor-Iowa State game should be a pretty good game. I can see that being a high-scoring game, honestly. Um, I think I think I I can't talk. I think Iowa State wins that one, but I think Baylor makes it interesting. I think Clemson bounces back. They've had some up and down games. I think they play pretty well today. Yeah, their offense has struggled at least through the air so far this year. And once again, though, you're getting a, a new quarterback, a young quarterback into a system, and it's not going to be all sun, sunshine and roses uh, 
for, for Clemson right now. You got to get this guy some, some experience and, and work him in. And yeah, I think you'll start to see that improvement out of Clemson starting today. Uh, out in the Pac 12, you've got number 24 UCLA at Stanford. Both teams are sitting at two and one. And, and we've talked about how the Pac 12 is probably going to be a lot better than the records are, are going to reflect for these teams because they're, they're going to beat up on each other. And, and we've seen a lot of, you know, back and forth with some of these top 25 teams. Each week, a Pac-12 team in the top 25 has gone down. Stanford's played well this year. UCLA has also played well. They they had the big upset against LSU at the start of the season. Um, Do you see Stanford being able to knock off UCLA? And and if they can, where does that leave the Pac-12 right now? Because we know Oregon's up at the top. We know that they have college football playoff aspirations. But you also have all these Pac-12 teams that are beating up on each other. We talked about how it's probably not going to hurt Oregon's chances. It's actually probably going to help improve them. But do you see one of these other teams maybe leaping out ahead and being that second behind Oregon? I think it very well could be UCLA. I know know that Stanford beat USC a couple of weeks ago, but we're not really sure what USC is. They're definitely not the Trojans of old. I think UCLA wins this game. I think they're the second-best team in that conference. And I think they beat Stanford pretty easily today, honestly. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure how this was going to go as well because, like you said, Stanford did beat USC. UCLA had the big win against LSU. Usually you get – this game is usually one that is pretty hyped up and and both sides, both teams, fans are are ready to go for this one. It does make things a lot more intense and could be a lot closer. So uh, that's definitely one to bear watching. And I've got college game day up here uh, on my TV watching it, and uh, they've got celebrity – Guest picker today uh, is Danica Patrick. And, I mean, Danica has always been a very attractive woman. She still looks really, really good. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a little distracting. <laughs> uh, so we got a team on upset alert today. At least I have a team on upset alert today. And that is over in the Big 12. You've got West Virginia at number four, Oklahoma. I've got Oklahoma on upset alert. They've got a a couple of close games this year against Tulane and last week against Nebraska, games they probably should have won a lot easier than they actually did. And and West Virginia's had a pretty good run so far this year as well. They had an upset last week. And and Spencer Rattler just has not clicked yet. And he's a guy that was highly touted this year, highly talked up, and it just hasn't come together yet. Are you on the same boat that this could be an upset game for West Virginia? And if not, is this the game where Spencer Rattler starts to turn things around? No, I agree with you. I've, I have not been impressed with at all with Oklahoma offensively or defensively, really. I think West Virginia can pull the upset. And uh, if it does, it really kind of throws the playoffs back into, uh, back into turmoil because it would knock out another one of those top four teams, which we love to see, especially this early in the season, just more and more teams getting that chance to, crack that top four. Well, in any chance you get to see Oklahoma lose, uh, we'll take that, especially being Mizzou fans for sure. Uh, so let's let's play devil's advocate then, and let's look a little bit at what the potential college football playoff, it's still weeks away, I know. It's way too early predictions for sure. But let's say Oklahoma does lose. So you've got Alabama right now who's still sitting up at the top. They've got a game coming up today uh, at, it's against Southern Miss. So that, that's going to be a win right there for Alabama for sure. So you got them right there. You've got Georgia at number two. They're at Vanderbilt today. Then you got Oregon at three. And we, we believe unless they organ it up and lose a game they shouldn't have lo- lo- that they shouldn't lose, that they're probably going to be in the conversation for that number three seed as well. 
Who is that fourth team that you could see sneaking in there? Is it Notre Dame? Is it Cincinnati? Is there somebody else that you're looking at? Is it Clemson, even with the one loss and in the ACC not being super great? Which team do you see falling into that fourth spot? I think you probably have to look at the Big Ten, see which one of those teams comes out of there, whether it's Ohio State. You know, if an Iowa can go on a run, if a Penn State can go on a run. You know, if Wisconsin would beat Notre Dame today, all of a sudden, I know they have a loss already, but all of a sudden then there'd be some talk about them. So I think probably one of those Big Ten teams will get in. You know, and then you go back to, you know, do do a couple of teams play well enough that a one-loss team out of the SEC, because Alabama and Georgia probably going to meet in the SEC championship game. Does a one-loss team from the SEC get in, or does somebody else, does a Cincinnati or somebody, if they go undefeated, do they get in instead? So, you know, still, like you said, way too early to see. But if I had to guess, I would say you're going to see an SEC team, a Big Ten team, probably a Big 12, potentially, and then the Pac-12. So the big four are, are going to get teams in there. And once again, a potential undefeated power six team is going to get left out. And that just feeds once more into the rumors and the, and the rumor mill of, of them expanding this out. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to that being a reality. And there's a bunch of numbers that get thrown out there. Is it six? Is it eight? Is it 12? You know, what, where do you feel like the, the, the magic number is for a college football playoff that has more than four teams? I think it's probably eight. I don't. I don't think you want to go to twelve because it's it's going to make it hard with finals and how you fit those in. You know, during the holidays in that in that time frame with everything going on. I, I think it. I think it's probably eight. I think eight's probably the right amount. I think you're right on the nose there. I mean, at that point, then you're getting into two lost team territories mm-hmm. and who who has the better two lost team versus one lost teams and yeah there's a lot more question marks now granted college basketball does the 68 team tournament but that's a different story i think uh the, the parity there is a lot greater and a lot more sample size essentially with games played so obviously you're not going to a 68 team uh, well, college football playoff but i mean that would be intense well, you'd have to pretty much play it for a whole year if you wanted to play a 68 game. Um, yeah, you know, it's just too hard to do that with college football when you only play once a week and, you know, trying to keep kids healthy and that kind of thing. So I think eight teams – and, you know, no matter what number you move it to, people are still going to say, oh, we need to make it – if you make it eight, people are going to say, we need to make it 12 because my team should have gotten in. They were nine. And, you know, you're never going to make fan bases happy. But I think eight's, pro- I think eight's probably the magic number. Yeah, you're not, and they're actually doing uh, the Mizzou-Boston College game right now on the college game day pick them. Uh, Des Howard, Danica Patrick both going with Boston College. Lee Corso making his pick right now. We'll see uh, what him and Kirk think in this. The fan vote has Mizzou at 57%. Uh, Lee Corso goes with Boston College. Okay, Lee. All right. I see you. I see you. And uh, so does Kirk Herbstreit. He goes with Boston College. So all four pundits on college game day. I think Boston College is going to win this game. The over-under in this game is 58 points. Uh, what, what, what are you taking? Are you taking the over or the under on that one? I'm probably going to go over. And so you're telling me that ESPN, all four people on ESPN, picked a Boston College over a Mizzou team? I am shocked. There's no such thing as an East Coast bias, is there? No. 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 Oh, man, man, man. Yeah, that's so. That's a big game coming up here in just a couple minutes, actually. Kickoff at 11 o'clock. So we're going to jump out of here and get to watching that game. But before we go, Scott, you want to go ahead and tell people about the uh, Real Men Wear Pink campaign? 
Absolutely. Yes, we're getting closer to October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And the Real Men Pink Real Pink campaign is already kicked off. You can make your donations right now. There's a link on our page right here. All of our social media pages. You can go to my personal page. Please make a donation. Help us any amount that you can donate. We'll make a difference in the fight against breast cancer, and we're going to be doing more stuff, wearing a lot of pink, talking about it. Hopefully there's going to be a couple of more events coming up here in the next couple of weeks. So we'll be talking about it. We'll be uh, sharing stories with you. And please, like I said, any little amount can help. So if you can help us fight breast cancer, we greatly appreciate it. 100% agreed on that for sure. Once again, Mizzou, Boston College coming up here at 11 o'clock. You've got Illinois and Purdue, and you've got a lot of great games going on in college football today. Cardinals-Cubs at 120. John Lester takes them out as the Cardinals go for a franchise record 15th straight win. Uh, yeah, John Lester in a Cardinals uniform at Wrigley facing the Cubs going for a Cardinals franchise record. That's odd for sure. Uh, and then you've got the St. Louis Blues in their first preseason game tonight against Minnesota down at the, I don't even remember what it's called anymore, Enterprise Center. There you go, the Enterprise Center. So uh, I've actually, I'll be heading down there myself tonight for the first preseason game. So if you guys are out there, swing by, uh, you know, reach out to me on social media, say, hey, I want to say hi to you, and uh, we'll meet up and maybe uh, grab a beer or something tonight. There you go, Wags. You could have a whole bunch of stalkers after tonight. Hey, you know what? Uh, depending on who they are, I might take it. You never know. <laughs> Knowing, knowing the kind of people that you are drawn to, we'll see what happens. You'll have – never mind. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yep, I, I know exactly where you're going with that one. I know exactly where you're going with that one. All right, first, Scott, I am Wax. Thank you guys for joining us. Enjoy the day in college football. Enjoy the Cardinals game. Enjoy, enjoy the Blues game. We'll see you guys Monday night for another episode of Toasted Tavern. Hey, it's you, man, here from Casey. For all your sports news, catch the Toasted Tavern with Scott Tobin and the man called Wags weeknights at 9 p.m. You can follow Toasted Tavern on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Let's get toasted.